Would you bow your heads in prayer? Father, thank you for this church, for each member here. Give us, like we said, ears to listen to each other, but this morning right now to listen to you. Bless our hearing and our believing. In your name we pray. Amen. Every student at Concordia, Wisconsin that's in a medical program has towards the beginning of the, pro the program to take one particular course. doesn't matter whether they're pre-med or nursing or physical therapy or occupational therapy. If they're in a medical program, they're required to take this course. And I was told by the students that it probably was the, the toughest course on campus. It, it was used, I believe, to weed out students from the medical programs that probably that wasn't where they needed to be. It's called anatomy and physiology. And for two semesters, they would study the human body inside and out, up top to bottom, whole thing. Because you see, if, you have, if you're going to care for the human body and learn how to care for the human body, the first thing you have to understand and learn is how did God design the human body. I got to thinking about that as I was looking at this text and, and this, the, the long reading that, that uh, Matt read and and looking at and thinking about our vision to be an open-armed body of believers, to be God's open-armed family, and it struck me that the same is true for the church. If we're going to realize that vision, we have to understand the anatomy and the physiology of how God has created the church. Because, folks, the church is not a building. The church is not an institution. The church is not a business. It has aspects of those things. No, the church is a living, breathing organism. It is the community of everyone, all the people who believe in Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to what St. Paul wrote. This is the text the verse that we're going to focus on from 1 Corinthians 12, he said, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Now I want you to notice something because it's very important. He does not say, he did not write, you are like a body. He wrote, you are the body of Christ. This is, this is a metaphor, but it's more than a metaphor. Paul is telling us this is really who we are. You know, in the New Testament, Paul, writing, I think, to the Romans, wrote, referred to Jesus as the last Adam. And his whole point in that 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 phrases is to say to us that in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God 
has started a whole new humanity. And as those who believe in Jesus, as the body of Christ, we are that new humanity. You all know the passages from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. And God began that new creation in you on the day of your baptism. For as many of you have have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been clothed in Christ, have put on Christ. You are the body of Christ. That has huge implications for what it means to be God's opened-armed family of believers. For one thing, it means that the body of Christ is to be a community where relationships are healed. Where different people are brought together people who might never have any part in in one another's lives. I want you to listen to these words from St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians because he talks about how Jesus bridges the gap that divides us. He says, He Himself, Jesus, is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself, notice that, one new man in place of the two. So making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. That's what he came to do. That's what his life, death, and resurrection is all about. And folks... That's what this place, this community, is all about. Listen to Paul's words. Matt read them. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, Slaves are free, and all were made to drink of the one Spirit. Now, you need to know something. That does not mean that there are never any divisions here. Okay? doesn't mean you and I, we bring with us our resentments, our trouble getting along with people. We bring with us our prejudices. We bring with us the problems at home and problems getting along with people. We bring our temper. We bring even our hatreds. But what makes this place unique is that we don't look at those things and simply say, well, I guess that's the way it is. People are people. No, here, among us, those things are called out for exactly what they are. Sin. 
Here God works through us and in us to bring down those walls. Works in us to get us to repent of our prejudices. To heal broken friendships. To turn enemies into friends. Into family. It's like the the two farmers had gone to the same church for years and they had held for years resentments against one another until one day, quite by accident, they found themselves, or at least they thought it was by accident, sitting next to each other in church and then sharing the peace of the Lord with each other. And in that moment, God did His wall-destroying work. And believe it or not, in that moment, they repented. And they forgave each other. The body of Christ is a place where divisions are healed. Where relationships are formed. Where people are brought together. Related to that, though, is this. In the body of Christ, unity is found not in uniformity, but in diversity. So get that in your mind. Divisions and differences are two different things. And when you and I become members of the church, we don't become clones of each other. We don't give up our individuality. We don't, Jesus doesn't erase the differences among us. Listen again to the words of Paul. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Part of what it means to be an open-armed family of believers is to treasure the things that make us different. You know, I remember one man in the previous parish asked to serve as an officer on the church council he said, Pastor, are you sure you want me? I'm kind of a curmudgeon. I'm, I'm, I'm a contrarian. I will speak the opposite opinion. And I said, Bill, that's why we need you. To have somebody to speak a different viewpoint, as long as you can take it that others don't always agree with you. See, in the body of Christ, every one of us with our different Gifts and abilities is welcomed and needed. There's no room here for envy or jealousy. No room, just like Paul said, where for the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So There's no room for, well, I don't have the gift she has. I don't get to do what he does. There's no room for that in the, in the body of Christ. Neither is there room for arrogance that wants to believe that my opinion is the only opinion or that I'm the only one that can do it the right way. Isn't that what Paul said? The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Think about it. The eye needs the body 
and the body needs the eye. Because separated from each other, neither one can see. Think about that, folks. That's what Paul is saying. God has designed us with our individual gifts and talents and abilities and knowledge and experiences. No one person has been given all the gifts. Why? So that we depend on one another. I love this story I read as I was preparing for this sermon. A doctor walked up to a pastor after he had um, preached a sermon on this text. And the doctor said, Pastor, you want me to tell you what little part of your body makes it possible for you to stand up there and preach every Sunday? The pastor said, "Um, I don't know, my tongue? He said, no. It's your big toe. He said, what? He says, yeah, the big toe is the part of your body that has the ability to sense when your body begins to get out of balance. That you're leaning too far or shifting and it keeps you from falling and immediately strengthens you so you can stand up there and preach. I'm just thinking about my big toes right now. (laughs) You know, folks, there are a lot of people who make it possible for me to be up here and preach on Sunday. There's all these people behind me that you see. There's the guys back there with the sound and the live stream. There's the ones you don't see, the altar guild and so forth that sets up this altar every Sunday. The people that come in here during the week and in between various seasons and put the banners up, the lay ministers, the deaconesses. I could go on and on. It takes a lot of people. Folks, that's why... I've asked Beth Eggman and the um, serving ministry team this next year to work on getting out to all the members to do an assessment called the SHAPE assessment. Some of you have done it. And you may think you know a lot about yourself, but it's not just for you. It's for the church, too, to know what gifts and talents are. SHAPE is an assessment that looks at what are your spiritual gifts, What's your heart? What are you passionate about? What are your abilities? See, gifts are different than abilities, even though they're both kind of a gift, right? P is for personality, because we all have different personality types. And E is for experiences, because there are different experiences that have shaped each of us here. And we're taking that so that you can know and so that we can know what part And role do you and I play in the body of Christ? And so I'd ask you, when they call you, say yes. See, God's open-armed family is a place where every part is important. The ears, the mouth, and the big toe. We need all the gifts God has shaped us for shaped us with in order to accomplish the mission he has given us. You want to know what that mission is? Well, who's the head of the body? Jesus. And the head leads and the body follows. 
And so the truth of the matter is, to be the body of Christ means His mission is our mission. And this second part is really important. Mostly that mission is out there, not in here. Oh, there, there are lots of things, important things that happen here. Worship and, and Bible class and, and confirmation and fellowship and so forth. But those things are all here because this is to be a, a place to refresh God's people and to train us for the work God gives us out there. And you want to know what? So his mission is our mission. And if you want to know what that mission is, all you had to do is listen to the gospel reading today. Jesus told us. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus came and did that work. And now he does it through you and me. And that means we have to go out. And witness. And tell people, oh yeah, there are broken hearted, there are hurting, and, and so forth here that we need to minister to, but there are billions more out there. They live next door to you. They golf with you. They go to school with your kids. They work beside you. You know, the last couple of weeks I've used a phrase again and again, Jesus with skin on. That's what it means to be the body of Christ. We are called to be Jesus with skin on. So that when people meet us, they meet Him. So that in our witness... They learn about Him. So that in our embrace, He embraces them. See, an open-armed family of believers is not a family that waits here for people to come to us. An open-armed family of believers goes out where people are and cares about them, invites the people around in the world around us to know the God who has loved them from an everlasting love. And why? Because God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, and that same God so loves the world that He sends you, and He sends me, His mission is our mission. Amen? Now may the peace of God which passes understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.